Carl Sprague is a concept illustrator and scenic design artist, known for his work in feature films and theater productions. Once again, the Opaca Gallery has embraced another art form by the exhibit Setting the Stage, and this featuring the work of Carl Sprague. He has worked in the art department of more than 40 feature films and television projects as either an art director, production designer, or concept illustrator. More than 35 of these films have received Academy Award nominations, including La La Land, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and 12 Years a Slave. I spoke with him at the Alpaca Gallery and asked him about his career. Um, you know, I have a question yeah. about how you design, like how you come up with the idea. Well, this um, is illustrative. Okay, so, I mean, like, a la land, for example, here. They wanted me to do, like, roughs, you know, just like sort of concept ideas, you know. And so one day, one evening, there were just these little, like, throwaway watercolor sketches. I mean, you see, I didn't even bother putting them on more than, you know, I put them all on one piece of paper. You know, but they liked some of this stuff. And then you go from that sort of rough stage, which is inspired by whatever it can be. Maybe there's a storyboard that's been done or or there's obviously references and um Do they know, come the to you with a with a project like a storyboard project? Or sometimes. do they just say, Read the script and tell me what you think? Uh-huh. Sometimes it's just the script. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and it gives you sort of a free hand at, like, imagining and Yeah, no, there's the definitely different levels of control and input, and, you know, it varies completely from project to project and from director to director. Um, so when is, it comes to you with particular thoughts or ideas in his mind when he comes well, to you, you know, for I, a film? you know, I mean, I, if I'm the designer, it's the director that is hiring me. It's one of their choices that they get to make. Obviously, part of that process is having ideas together and presenting concepts and and working things up and hearing what somebody wants to do, what they're interested in, what inspires them. And then do you take it further from there? Be a process between your initial ideas mm-hmm. and, and what comes up in the end. Yeah, well, this starts with scribbles. And then, you know, and then you work the scribbles up and, and they become less scribbly. This you know. is so detailed. This is all um, part of uh, French Dispatch. Oh, oh like yes. Yeah. That was a strange yeah. film. It is an interesting one. I know, there were some scenes there that I could barely understand myself. Um, I'm so relieved. Yeah. Uh, even while I was working on it. But like, see here, and this is like a, you know, a rough, this is like this sure. very complicated set, but you know, the big, we built this thing amazingly enough. Um, this, they, they, uh, they built it the almost wedding, identical to that, yeah. no? Well, that's why I do a drawing. Oh. And so the, uh, but like that's a like a rough version of it, and then this is a little bit less rough, and then it went through various iterations, and we added more stuff, and you know, uh, yeah, we started though here. I mean, this is inspired by a Jacques Tati movie, Mon Oncle. The storyboard artist took off from that and did this like thing, but you know, but you can't hand this to the carpenters and say build this right what do you do then you hand something else you get this is where i come in and like fill in fill in the blanks and get into scale and figure out the details so who does somebody draw up all the design plans or is that you you yeah wow i mean not just me but no no i'm just saying you know sometimes i'm part of a big art department french dispatch we had like you know 
six or seven other art directors. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a one-man show. Little movies, you know, I'll do everything. But, but something like this, all those particular details on that was just... I mean, that's the thing that just blew me away when I'm watching these films again. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I went, the detail, yeah. the feeling, the emotion is yeah, in we, the picture. No, we, 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 get, we get into it. There's no question. But you've traveled abroad and you've seen these types of buildings. Oh, yeah. No, I've been very fortunate. I've spent a lot of time in France and in other places in Europe. That's very informative, you know, been around all kinds of places. Well, you get the feeling I even got when you're to there. I even got to go to Shanghai. Mrs. Prada sent me to Shanghai oh, dear. to design a party. Ooh. That was really fun. So it's not simply film, ballet, oh, and theater. Events it's sometimes. Events. Yeah, or advertising. The phone just has to ring. I seldom say no um, to anything. So we had this like storyboard, which you know, just which tells you plenty. There's a, he's a wonderful storyboard artist, but you know, I mean, then I'm trying to work out like what are we really building? You know, here's like angle of camera, and right. you know, how do we fit in the fence, and where's the car, and what do these houses look like, and then are we going to build them, and where are they going to be, and um, so it's and like three dimensional engineering. Absolutely, yes. So you need to know where the cameras are, where the lights are. You make those decisions. I'm working to figure out what, with the information that I get, which in some cases is very detailed, in some cases is not. You know, and sometimes, depending on the film, it's like, you know, you're creating an environment and there's maybe no storyboards, but they've got like a shot list and they, they want to get certain angles and there's certain things that are important. So, you know, sometimes I'll sketch out some things so we can figure that out and then... You know, but then sometimes you're just creating a 360-degree environment so that the film crew can get there and make it up on the day. Do you, you know. do locations ever? All the time. Some movies are all location. Um, Royal Tenenbaums was, um, we shot everything on location. There were 200 sets, and every set was a location that we did something to. So we built a lot, painted a lot, and did all kinds of graphic interventions and and signs and this set is decorating. And, yeah, yeah, this these are all the like a few bits that I have left from that. Um, but this is, I kind of got started doing these like concepts, ideas, because I was the art director on that. It wasn't really my job, but no one else was doing it. So I had to work out like some of these little sets. And It seems to me that what you do is a lot to do with history, architecture. Oh, yeah. Beauty. Yeah, you have to know it. You know, I mean, that's the thing. But and, I mean, and also, that's not something also, you go to school and learn. You no, know, you life is it, and and that's the wonderful thing about this job is that, um, you know, sometimes I get thrown into situations where you know the script is a world I'm not familiar with, and I have to, you know, figure out all about that. You know, I was working on a project that was for a TV show that was. Um, it was all about these rock and roll tour buses. I'd never been on a rock and roll tour bus, ever. And suddenly I'm supposed to design like four of them. That was, that was a, but there's these learning curves, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, know. there was a futuristic film you worked on as well, no? Uh, was well. It Jennifer Lawrence was in it, something? Oh, God, you know, that's an interesting one because we did that movie. It was called Passengers. And I went to Germany for that also. 
We'd spent months getting ready. Uh, you know, all these, all these sets and um, ideas, and we were building it in the, honest to God, the soundstage in Potsdam where, the, uh, where Fritz Lang built the sets for Metropolis. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that was kind of an amazing thing. Anyway, we're, like, going along. We're building a three-story set, framing it all out of steel, and, you know, it's a big deal, and we've got this spaceship, and we've figured it all out. And then the producers call us into the office and say, you know, we've had a casting problem. Um, I think it was actually the character that Jennifer Lawrence ended up replacing. And anyway, we're pulling the plug, and we're sending you all home right now. And that was that. So, I mean, I was sort of depressed by that and, uh, but the um, the story with that was though you know about a year later I'm talking to a friend of mine who does this sort of work also and I said well what are you working on Jeff and, and he says I'm working on this thing called passengers and I said I designed this already you know I mean what are you doing we did it um, and uh, he said now they you know, you know we, you, you, they 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 started from scratch. I mean, of course, it's quite similar in a lot of ways to what we had invented, oh. but it's not ours. I mean, I said, look, I can share with you the Dropbox link, and you can, like, just have all our drawings. Nah, nah, we're doing slick. You did cute. We're doing slick. And I said, I can't do anything but cute. And, and he said, we can't do anything but slick. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know, it was funny. So you must tell me, how does, how does somebody career. find themselves in this career today? Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, well, I'm teaching a class over at Boston University, which is called production design, I guess. You know, um, I had a very erratic education, but I was able to get a few. Uh, there, was some, there were some good things that came across along the way, wonderful teachers and so forth at uh, NYU and the long-defunct... Polakoff studio and and even at Harvard there were there were some opportunities. Uh, but you didn't consider yourself an artist at all. No, I still kind of really don't. But what is it then? You are a storyteller. Yeah, no, but I'm a journeyman. I'm I'm an illustrator. You know, sometimes I'm a designer, an architect. You know, more and more I've like you know get into color and painting and stuff. And you know, sometimes. You know, especially if you're getting into, like, the world of, like, these big, you know, theater backdrops and ballet and so forth. I mean, you have to be brave enough to do it. Um, so what do you like doing best, theater or film? Or is it all wonderful? Um, I like work. It's, it's fine. You know, I mean, I don't know. Someone was calling me about the uh, ideas for the exosphere, in uh, Las Vegas, it's a gigantic three, you know, whatever, 30-story tall golf ball in the middle of Las Vegas covered with video screens. Now they have to figure out what they're going to put on it and in it, I suppose. But that doesn't seem to have translated into a job (laughs) yet. It's going to be work for a lot of people, I'm sure. I don't know, I did a a very funny commercial that was for uh, kind of internet release... uh, 15-second spot for, uh, um, it was for, uh, for for condoms. Oh, really? Yes, oh, were, funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. They were shooting in um, in, oh, in Belgrade, of all places. Oh, Never even went to Belgrade. It just, I just sent them drawings. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's all kinds of things, you know. And Mrs. Prada and her party. 
So yeah. what advice do you have for somebody who wants to make a life in the theater but not necessarily wants to be a performer? I do mean, you think it's worth it? Oh, it depends. I mean, you know, people make quite remarkable careers and some even make money. You have to be able to have a portfolio of some kind, be able to show kind of what you can do. And then you also, most importantly, you have to know who might hire you, might give you a job. So in my case, that's directors or sometimes producers. You know, sometimes I work for, you know, other designers. I've done a lot of that. And um, definitely about connection and making sure that you know who, who people are and that they somehow know who you are. It's a good, fun life, though. Yeah. Oh, it can be very entertaining. It can also be really <laughs> sort of nerve-wracking. I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, of course. Sometimes having a job is worse than not having We spoke about the set of the Grand Budapest Hotel, which was based on his conceptual renderings. Here Carl speaks about one of his most memorable experiences on the set of the Grand Budapest Hotel. It was this magnificent thing with this huge six-story atrium with an enormous, like, 100-foot stained-glass skylight. And hilariously, our offices for the art department and the uh, vast costumes department were up on the sixth floor. And you had to walk up through, basically through the set, up this grand staircase and the whole business every morning and whenever I went out to lunch or whatever. You know, I never get to work on the set, you know. And so that was, uh, that was a pretty fabulous experience. Great place. Did you not make an appearance? Huh? Oh, in the film? Yeah. Briefly. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the will reading scene. Ah. I have a non-speaking role. <laughs> I know Wes asked to cast me, and that ended up being a whole to-do. There were like three... Two, two days that I had to be on set or maybe it was even more and then I was going for fittings and having them fit me with a mustache and it was supposed to be like this one, two, three thing. There was like, you know, the old guy says, where's Claire? The young guy says, she's dead. We're, we're reading the will. At which point I am supposed to like explode with laughter into a glass of champagne. Oh. <laughs> so I've been wandering around, you know, with this with this glass of apple cider uh, for days, practicing, you know, <laughs> snort takes. Uh, and but being Wes, you know, he framed it up. He framed it up so we were all in the same frame. Right. And he wanted like this like Marx Brothers timing one two three. He usually does not do that many takes, but I think we did like over 40 takes of this particular scene because we could none of us ever, like we each did our own bit fine, but we could never hit our marks just exactly right. So I had the privilege of screwing up a scene with, uh, <laughs> with uh, you know, let me see, Ray Fiennes, uh, yeah. uh, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, people. <laughs> they happily had gone. They had gone home by that time. We were the last thing on the of the day. But, Forty uh, takes. Oh Didn't my god! Did you say the costume designer designed the costume? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So that was the, that was the whole story. It was very funny. So Milena Cananera, who has more Oscars than she can dust, she designed the costumes for Barry Lyndon. That was her first Oscar. She's gone on and like gotten several more. Anyway, she's absolutely astonishing, an amazing person to work with, and 
and somehow I, I don't know. It was like kind of a like a kind of a back and forth between the art department. Her office was just down the hall. She was working so hard, I couldn't believe it. I was designing all those little uh, concierge desks. Oh yes, yes. The color coded, yes. and like each concierge had like you know. So I got to choose what color each one of those concierges were. Generally, Wes takes care of all color decisions, but in this case, I said, oh, this one's green, this one's red, this one's... So, uh, so she made them all fancy suits, and, and I have a shot somewhere of me and the uh, concierge bellboys, who were these, like, little 12-year-olds in, like, their color-coded oh, so bellboy outfits. It was really a great moment. She put me in, like, I went and got fitted in this nice 1930s suit and so forth. And, and I have a portrait of my great-grandfather, who was a banker down in Slovenia. And it's a magnificent portrait, and he's got a top hat and a fur coat and a cutaway and, you know, cane and everything and a mustache. And, and I, I actually printed out a picture, a copy of it, and of this portrait I have. And... Uh, went to Milena afterwards, I said, you know, after she sorted me out, she would take a look, I said, and I said, look, Milena, you made me into my great-grandfather, and, oh, but a cutaway, we must put you in a cutaway. So she sent me back to the rather annoyed wardrobe supervisor, who's like, oh, God, we thought we'd done with him, you know, it was like hundreds of extras in that scene, and that oh, whole yeah. movie, so we're just making work, you know, anyway, so that was quite a, it was, it was, that was, it was, it was a great moment. The art department was very annoyed with me because I was, like, not working those days. I was stuck on set. You were being glamorous. In a freezing, cold, 100-year-old German social hall. It was absolutely terrifying. This has been Andrea Kunla for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, speaking with Carl Sprague at the Opalka Gallery about his remarkable career as a designer, which spanned small, independent, and big-budget studio projects for some of Hollywood's most revered directors. Carl Sprague, setting the stage is an exhibition running until February 24th.